Welcome to Cyberspectives, a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Microsoft. In this series, we're joined by Ann Johnson, Corporate Vice President of Microsoft Security Business Development. From the way the tech industry is tackling cyber threats to the language it uses to communicate, Ann is challenging traditional schools of thought and cyber norms to encourage the industry to get outside its comfort zone and expand how it addresses the evolving threat landscape. I'm your host, Hilary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. And welcome back. It's always a pleasure to be speaking with you. Thank you so much, Hillary. Always a pleasure to be here. So, Anne, today we're going to talk about the interplay between cybersecurity and geopolitical resilience. And let's start off with the World Economic Forum's Global Cybersecurity Outlook for 2023. According to that, 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of business leaders think that geopolitical instability will lead to a systemic cybersecurity event within the next two years. So Anne, can you take us through the global cyber landscape that's causing these leaders to hedge their bets on this cyber event? Yes, Hillary. And I think it's really important that we take a step back and we acknowledge the decades of globalization and digitization that have brought us to where we are. So, you know, our world's really interconnected more so than it was 30 or 40 years ago. And so much of our lives is dependent and interconnected on technical and business infrastructure. If you think about just the supply chain global issues we saw as a result of the global pandemic and manufacturing shutting down in different parts of the world that caused this supply chain issue all over the world. And now we're experiencing significant political instability. There's trade tensions. There's all this increasing nationalism and populism and even the combination of cyber and kinetic warfare. So there's this increase in nation-state-sponsored attacks in addition. On top of that, we're now experiencing all these aspects of deglobalization. People are becoming really nationalistic and want to own an industry and want to own the workforce in their own country. This instability is putting pressure on all of our interconnected systems, so it's not a surprise to me that business and cyber leaders are anticipating some type of systemic event. Excellent. And with that context, how has this global geopolitical instability influenced cyber strategies? You know, it's interesting. We used to talk cyber resilience, and then we would talk operational resilience, and now we're talking about geopolitical resilience. This geopolitical instability is driving all kinds of new conversations on risk. Business and cyber leaders are having to ask themselves new questions, things like, what happens if we are forced to exit a market? How do we plan for that? Will we experience sanctions? Will it interrupt our trade with a certain supplier? Are we a potential target of cyber warfare because we exited a market? And from the cyber perspective, have we built our own digital systems and processes to withstand these pressures, especially as the pressures are changing constantly? Leaders have to adapt their approaches and have to adapt their strategies and have to think worst case scenario. Absolutely. And in that same World Economic Forum report, when asked where digital transformation initiatives rank, it was interesting. Business leaders said that they rank at a number six. Whereas cyber leaders, and I think it was out of town, I could be wrong, whereas cyber leaders ranked that at a number two. So clearly there's a difference in prioritization here. So Anne, what do you think is causing business leaders to rank digital transformation lower than cyber leaders? I think that when business leaders look at it, they're thinking about the practicality of serving their business operations, right? And 
Whilst I think they know they need to modernize and they need to transform their businesses, they also are thinking about the impact on end users and on customers and can they maintain their business whilst transforming. It's a harder conversation. Whereas cyber leaders, by the way, a lot of cyber leaders are great business leaders also, but cyber leaders are truly looking at it from a way of saying, look, modernization, digital transformation is driving cyber modernization and that's making our defenses stronger. So we think it's a higher priority, even above and beyond the business impact it may have. And to build on that, in a separate report that was put out from Armis, which is called the State of Cyber Warfare and Trends Report, in that 79% of Australian companies said they were just the highest. They said that they were most likely to halt their digital transformation initiatives due to cyber warfare threats. And they were followed by the U.S. at 67%, Singapore at 63%, the U.K. at 57%, and Denmark at 56%. Those were the highest ranking countries that were saying that. So, and and I know from our previous conversations that you're certainly not a pessimist, but you know, what would you say to business and security leaders listening who may be feeling that same pressure regarding geopolitical resiliency and further halting their digital transformation initiatives? Look, I think what the survey found is that given our current context, right, with this heightened threat environment and challenging macroeconomic conditions on top of it, business and cyber leaders are investing more in cyber than in digital transformation initiatives, and probably rightly so. All businesses have finite resources, both in funds and in people, so leaders are being asked to do more with less. And my advice always is it's a good time to further build out our cyber programs, to think about modernizing cyber for the future. And that can be in conjunction with digital transformation. It should be in conjunction with digital transformation. As conditions evolve and change, because there will, there's going to need to be greater investment in digital transformation and modernization of businesses. That makes sense. And that's a nice segue into my next question for you, Anne, which is, what are other ways in which business and security leaders can come together to further their goals of cyber resiliency? Well, you know, when I speak with CISOs and other business leaders, I think there's a growing awareness that there has to be a deeper partnership between the two, right? If you're going to have an ongoing business concern with resilience and business success, the business leaders and the CISOs have to be aligned. And for cyber leaders, I strongly urge them to get to know their business leaders as best they can and understand their business, understand how their business actually makes money and how it's an ongoing concern. That deep knowledge of the business is really critical in any cyber decision. For the business leaders, there's no expectation to become a security expert, but work with your cyber leaders to understand the trends and the impacts of cyber. And then you can make informed decisions together that'll help your business transform and help your business move to the future. 2023 is also expected to be a big year for data privacy regulations. How has the geopolitical landscape impacted these decisions? You know, privacy is a fundamental human right, and it absolutely requires a commitment to provide robust data protection for every individual and every organization on the planet. In some places in the world, privacy regulation is not just needed, but it's really overdue. But there's this lack of a global privacy standard that's created this patchwork quilt of regulatory requirements. Think about the U.S. alone. All 50 states could have their own unique privacy requirements. So these regulations, in some cases, restrict data flow. They slow trade and prevent digital cooperation. In that sense, we actually need to be much more aligned in our privacy regulations so that we can have a free flow of data, a free flow of trade, and more digital cooperation. But there's this interplay between these aspects of geopolitics and privacy that will slow down our business concerns globally if we all don't come together and figure out what an aligned privacy regulation looks like. 
And are there any other policies or, or anything similar of note or emerging cyber technologies perhaps that you think will help support your and an optimistic viewpoint with regard to geopolitical resiliency? Well, you know, and you've heard me say that cyber is a team sport. We all have to work together, public sector, private sector, public to private sector, private sector to private sector. Everyone needs to come together on global scale to actually defend organizations. And I don't know if it's a policy or an emerging technology that's going to help us create resilience, but I do know that resilience is a combination of policy and technology, and, and organizations need to invest heavily in what is the worst case scenario for them and how do they build resilience based on that. I also want to be in the mindset that this greater collaboration exists today. I've seen it. We are working together, but we need to continue and we really need to accelerate that collaboration and sharing learnings in real time. Fantastic. And Anne, any final thoughts on this topic in this episode today? Yeah, Hillary, I, I would just say that like all things in cyber, you know, geopolitical resilience also requires defense in depth. That hasn't changed in the 20 plus years I've been in the cyber industry is that defense in depth is typically the answer to most things. So figure out where your most risk is and figure out how you build the best defenses so you can continue as an organization and you're not impacted by whether it's a geopolitical event or a ransomware event or some type of other event. Excellent. Well, Anne, wonderful speaking with you as always. Thanks so much for taking the time and joining us today. And I'm looking forward to our next episode together. Thank you, Hillary. Always a pleasure. I'm Hillary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today was Ann Johnson, Corporate Vice President of Microsoft Security Business Development. Cyberspectives is brought to you by our sponsor, Microsoft. To learn more about Microsoft's security approach, visit microsoft.com backslash security. And for more episodes like this, you can listen to more Cyberspectives at cybercrime.radio.